Thank you for coming to my first podcast, where I will look for ways to help people stay healthy, especially as we come out of lockdown in the UK and get ready for the most of life. I wanted to focus on in this episode on vitamin D, the sunshine vitamin, and also referencing published documents and research from around the world that's recently been published. And what vitamin D does, its main source, are we getting enough? Also, to think about the holistic approach in our diet and lifestyle around vitamin D. So, as an introduction, what does vitamin D do? As you probably know, vitamin D is a key component to keep a healthy bones and helps the absorption of calcium in the gut and was made famous as a supplement to prevent rickets in children in the early part of the last century, which has virtually been eliminated in the United States since 1945. It's important in muscle strength too, as a recent study from Birmingham University uh, reported, and especially as we age to help us reduce falls. Remembering as we age, we become less efficient at making and using vitamin D3. It supports our immune system and helps fight inflammation. Many health organisations are increasingly raising the importance of vitamin D during COVID-19. And an interesting report by the Irish Parliament this month has elaborated on this and I'll talk about that later. Also Finland has been regularly supplementing and fortifying their foods, gradually increasing this level this century. And an amazing low death rate has been experienced by Finland. As of the 16th of April, Finland had 160 deaths per million. Sweden a country next door, also with low sunlight levels, had 1,359 deaths. USA, 1,741. UK, 1,866. As reported on the worldometers.info. Vitamin D could possibly reduce blood pressure in some people, but further research is required possibly improve depression outcomes in people with vitamin D deficiency, may help reduce risk of certain cancers, and practically in every cell in the body, a vitamin D has a receptor. So what's the main source of vitamin D? Direct sunlight is the best source of vitamin D3 to most people in the world. Via the UVB rays penetrating our skin and converting a type of cholesterol just underneath our skin into the vitamin D3, which is also known as colcalciferol. Some organizations believe that you should expose your arms and legs at least two or three times a week 
without sun cream because the sun cream will prevent the UVB hitting your uh, cholesterol um, and do that for about 10 to 20 minutes but before your skin goes red but we have to remember that the angle of the sun should be at least 45 degrees basically your shadow should be uh, less than your height otherwise the UVB rays won't be strong enough to create that process in your body therefore in countries like the UK, Canada, uh, Scandinavia you're not really going to get enough vitamin D from sunlight from October to March or early April and it's very difficult to get enough from food because most of the vitamin D we get are from the sunlight and us working in offices the glass at home or in the offices will let the UVA light through but it prevents most of the UVB to come through and allow the synthesis of cold calciferol, the vitamin D3. So remember that when you're working from home or in the office. And obviously for people working in warehouses and other places with no natural light, it's a bit of a problem, especially in the winter. So, you may ask yourself, how do we know we get enough? And it's not an easy question to answer. There are ways of measuring your blood levels. For example, the US National Institute of Health mentions that the level of vitamin D concentrations in your blood can be measured by nanomoles per litre. Less than 30 nanomoles is classed as a deficiency, which can lead to rickets in children and osteoporosis in adults. 30 to 50 nanomoles per litre is generally considered inadequate for bone and overall health in healthy individuals. Over 50 nanomoles per litre is generally considered safe for adequate bone and overall health. In a recent Irish government report, an optimum level is considered to be over 75. But over 125 is linked to potential adverse effects. So, what is the amount of vitamin D our bodies should be taking in. Your body stops producing vitamin D in the body from sunlight once it has enough. So you can only overdose from taking very high levels in practice from supplementation. In the UK, the recommendation is to take or have 400 IUs per day. 
It's also measured in micrograms, which makes it a bit confusing. So in micrograms, it would be 10. And you should especially take this during the autumn and winter. And by winter, you've probably depleted any stored levels you would have had from the summer. And those with little sunshine exposure or naturally darker skin with more melanin should consider vitamin D supplementation all year round. Generally in the UK, people are advised not to take more than 4,000 IUs or 100 micrograms per day as advised by the NHS. But also the European Food Agency Authority, USA, Canada, also advise not to take more than the 4,000 IUs or 100 micrograms unless advised medically where some instances it could be higher, but that needs to be under medical supervision. In the USA, Canada, and many parts of Europe, the recommended adult amounts is 600 IUs and elderly 800 IUs. People with medical conditions should consult their doctor first it does seem strange to me that different countries are recommending different amounts, but I'm sure in the near future recommendations will be looked at again. As in the United States, they were lower in the past, but have been raised. And also in the US, they've been added to foods like milks and cereals. Also supplementations can be available in different strengths and in different forms as in tablet, gummy or liquid form. An in-depth report from the Irish Houses of Parliament published on the 7th of April has stated a prevalence of vitamin D deficiency and this is likely to be very similar in many countries around the world. And their recommendation was a supplementation of 20 to 25 micrograms, about 1,000 IUs. But higher doses recommended for vulnerable groups under medical supervision. I'll, I do want to mention my experience later on with supplementation, and something you might find useful. And also there's been some amazing studies in Finland about supplementation and the fortification of foods and the correlation between health and COVID-19. So maybe I can do that one day. Some extracts from the Irish government report on vitamin D importance. We have known for a long time that it supports bone health through the absorption of calcium from the gut but it is also known for assisting in muscle strength. An inadequate level has been associated with a number of diseases, including metabolic disorders, psychiatric, respiratory, 
and cardiovascular disorders and cancers. Data from the Irish Longitudinal Study on Aging found that people over the age of 50 were 75% more likely to suffer from depression if their vitamin D levels were low. That's quite significant. Ireland has a population of 60% of people considered overweight or obese and they require more vitamin D. As it's stored in the fat, it's more difficult to retrieve. The report also highlights the vitamin D deficiency across all age groups, particularly over 80s at 64%. Nursing home residents had a greater than 67% and dark-skinned Irish BAM communities at 97%. And this correlates with groups with the highest levels of vitamin D deficiency, those of obesity, dark skin and older adults, are the same groups with the highest risk of COVID-19. My personal experience with pros and cons. I was concerned during parts of the pandemic of being in more indoors and having less sunshine and exercise due to strict lockdowns and getting more of my dopamine rush from unhealthy comforts rather than exercise, meeting friends and outdoors. And I began to feel lethargic, poor sleep, broken nails and dry skin and struggled getting going in the mornings. So I started to make sure I was eating the right foods that had uh, vitamin D3, like eggs, cheese, oily fish, and occasional liver, but didn't notice much change during the winter. So started taking vitamin D supplementations, making sure it wasn't the less potent vitamin D2 type, and also, my understanding was to take K2 as well, as you needed this really to work with vitamin D3 to make the most of its effectiveness and potency. So one of the things I was uh, eating was raw sauerkraut, but there are other ways to get vitamin K2. And as vitamin D three is fat soluble, I was making sure I was eating it with other fatty foods that already contained some vitamin D3. I heard it takes about a week for the liver and kidneys to convert that vitamin D3 into a usable hormone for your body to use. But it seemed I was feeling more energetic quicker than that, well slightly quicker. But I don't know whether that's a placebo effect. But something very strange happened. After a few days, I began experiencing odd physical effects. A tightening of the chest, the throat, the swelling of the nymph nodes in my neck. So I stopped taking the supplement until the symptoms disappeared and restarted only for it to happen again after a few days. So I did this several times, 
And in the end, I decided to stop taking it. And I phoned the manufacturer and found out what the ingredients were in there. Whether it might be something to do with the fillers or the way it was made. I found out it was made from lanolin, sheep's fat wool. And I was allergic to wool. And I know on the internet, somebody else stated that they had a similar experience and they had an allergy to wool. So it could well be that. Who knows? So after speaking to the manufacturer, I found out that they also do uh, vitamin D3 from lichen production. So I started taking that and I those effects didn't come. And until about seven days later, I started feeling slightly sick in the back of my throat. But I wasn't sure whether it was the vitamin D3 now I was taking or something else. So I stopped and then restarted and it never really came back. But I did notice my nails and skin improving, my sleep getting better and my energy levels I noticed most improved in the morning which seemed very unusual but I did notice slightly on edge. I know this is not proof of its effectiveness but it's my experience. I was tempted to measure my blood level of vitamin D3 that is serum 25 hydroxy vitamin D which many countries have recommendations on what the level should be. So the Irish level was 50 or more nanomoles per litre, was generally considered adequate for bone and overall health. In the USA, the National Institute of Health has recommendations of 20 nanograms per milliliter. So they have another way of measuring again. But 125 nanomoles or more is not advised and could have adverse effect. So there is that sweet spot that we need to try and look for. That's why some people consider measuring that blood level important. And considering many people are deficient, how would you raise that? So for every 100 IUs you take it should raise my nanomoles by about two and a half per liter on average so as it was the end of winter and i was probably depleted by most of that winter from you know the, what i had stored during the summer and it might have not been a huge amount because i do protect myself from the sun with covering myself up or sun cream I decided to take a thousand IUs per day, sometimes a little bit more if I uh, remembered to, but generally a thousand. But supplements aren't something I take as I try and eat a healthy diet and try and get my nutrients that way. Hopefully, I'll find out from my GP soon what those adverse effects were on the tablets I was taking. But also, 
I believe there's going to be a lot more information about vitamin D and its benefits for us health-wise and also in COVID-19 and our immune system. And what the optimum level is. Will there be more measurements and will new technologies be able to keep a level of measurement in us so we understand what we should be eating? With sunshine, our bodies can produce 10 or 20,000 IUs a day. And we can store maybe two or 300,000, I believe, IUs in our bodies. Finland, with its vitamin D programme and low COVID deaths, that raises questions as well. In 1954, there was a causal link between smoking and lung cancer. But at that time, there was no evidence that lung cancer is caused by smoking. Are we at a similar stage with vitamin D3 and how that affects our health? This is my first podcast, so it is a bit rough and ready. And hopefully they will get better as I progress. But this is for educational and some entertainment purposes. And if you have any medical issues or medical questions, you should seek advice from your health practitioner. Especially if you're considering taking higher than recommended amounts. If I see interest in this article and others, I'll produce more podcasts. But please let me know what you think. Hope you find this useful and helps energize you to a healthier, happier life. All the best. Take care. Bye.